I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what is up? Well, I realized just when we were talking before starting the pod that I'm the biggest nerd uh, probably in the entire uh, OKC area or something <laughs> like that because among the old things that I noticed in the... Um, also game and I pay very little t- attention the thing that I liked the most was Russ screening to open up um, Dirk Nowitzki yeah. am I <laughs> I'm too far gone probably you are and that's okay this is this is <laughs> this is why we love you on the Monday show that's what you bring to the table uh, that was kind of it was interesting and, and Russ has been setting more screens this season than he has in the yes. past uh, which is super interesting, and I really wish Vantage Sports was still around, and I could go through their database and figure out what that really looks oh, yeah. like. Um, good times. It was good times, but uh, yeah, Russell Russell screened, and it was cool. But the All Star Game was last night. Team LeBron won. Uh, I'm just going to be frank with you guys. <clears throat> I, I'm not an All Star Game or Weekend kind of guy. Uh, I. I paid very little attention to it. I watched the slam dunk contest and I watched the game kind of last night. Uh, some big moments from the game. Paul George's 360 Statue of Liberty dunk was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. And then I think the biggest highlight for OKC fans was watching him uh, cross up Harden and then step back three right in his face, uh, which was great as James Harden just like tries to swipe at him. Uh, so that have you hear his comment on that? I did, I did. I need to see if <laughs> I can. Traveling. I need to that see if I can fun. call that up. Yeah, he was like, he's like, yeah, James is a great player. He's and he said something like, I, I do it without traveling. Yeah, which is so awesome. Yeah, he's he's so perfect for the Thunder and the Thunder fans yeah. in so many ways. Uh, he's he's so good. I think that he just what what I noticed about Paul on the court. Is that he? He's just completely at his peak. You can kind of watch and see like who's forcing it, who's not, and he just looks naturally like one of the top three players out there. Um, he was awesome. Just the way he moves about the court, the way he's taking shots, like he was great. And he didn't he didn't come close to winning the MVP or anything, um, and probably didn't have the ball enough to do that. But you just watch him play, and you're like, that's. He's that's one of the best players on the court. That's what I kept thinking when I was watching him out there. I thought that he was great. Yeah. Uh, Russell had his moments. <clears throat> he had that assist after Paul George when he had like a wide open rim. Uh, that was pretty cool to watch. Uh, he took Bradley Beal to the rack on a spin move. Uh, but he also just he took eight threes and missed seven of them. <laughs> he was not he was not awesome. Uh, 
So I'm, I'm just a part of me when I was when I was watching it. Just thought, Russ, why are you doing this to yourself right now, man? <laughs> I guess, He's having fun. He likes to shoot them, probably. He obviously he does. <laughs> yeah, obviously he does. Like people voted for him. And he does whatever he wants. And he did. As always. And he totally did. He yeah. he defers more in a regular NBA game than he did in the All-Star game, which is just hilarious to me. I, could just like, yeah. I, I guess that's just like the ultimate Russ move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he always, you get always the full package with Russ. Yeah. It's... Yeah. And it's then like, like the, the, the biggest highlight, I think, was the Curry bounce super high pass to Giannis in the first half. That was just Oh yeah, that that was great. Completely yes. crazy. And uh, he did the same to himself like to end the game. And he actually yes. dunked it. And he dunked it. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. He's I saw a picture like the picture of uh, team Giannis uh, yeah. before the game. He's bigger than He's, he used to be. Yes. Like way bigger. Mm-hmm. Like we are talking like seven eight pounds bigger yeah he, i think that's probably I, right i i was i was impressed i i, I think I, I did the conversion correctly but um, yeah like four kilograms for um normal metric uh human beings he's not a small guard i know like no, he's, no. he's really not that small um he's he's freaking awesome he's really good uh moving on are we good to move on I feel I just yeah. don't I just don't know how much or how little we're supposed to talk about this game. Well, to be well honest. we talked more about the also in the, the, min, the total minutes that I dedicated to the game. Okay, so I, think, I think it's good. All right, uh, the dunk contest Saturday night. Uh, it was a bit of a dud overall. If you're just a general NBA fan, because there was really one good dunker in that game in that. Uh, competition and it was Hamadou Diallo he was awesome he was so good and I think the thing that stood out the most obviously his athleticism is off the charts but he made all of his dunks on the first try compared to everybody else and that to me he it should have been a landslide he shouldn't have had to sweat like he did uh in the second part because the judging is the judging is always going to be whack because it's just based on like what the judges are thinking at the moment. There's no like set criteria. It's just like, Oh, that was eight. That was eight. Cool to me. That was 10. (laughs) Awesome to me. That was five. Not very good to me. You know, like John Collins, like he, everybody should have put up like ones and twos for him whenever he jumped and then crashed into his own airplane on the ground. (laughs) Uh, but I heard, I heard I was listening to, um, Eric Horn, yeah. I heard that that airplane had some real value. Like it was from a museum. No. So he actually, yeah, maybe it's <laughs> false. Maybe I, maybe I, I misheard but uh, or, or misunderstood. But it seems that that airplane was not fake. Like, so <laughs> it's, it's really terrible. And, and also Eric came up with a, with a very nerdy idea that I immediately love, uh, which is, let us do um, only like grades uh, and have tables for uh, different movements, like in diving or other stuff in the Olympics. Yeah. So judges are, I don't know if that is ever going to happen, but it's nerdy enough that I like it. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to fix the dunk contest. Like, dude, listen, Who here's, cares? here's yeah. how you fix the dunk contest. 
you get better dunkers. You get people, you get guys that people know. I mean, no one was yeah. complaining when Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon were d- were just destroying everything. No one complained. No one said we need to fix the dunk contest. You need to fix the dunk yeah. contest by getting guys who are good. One. And then two, have some celebrity. Like it's, it is so cool that Hami won, and it is so cool that he is the first Thunder player to ever win the dunk contest, which is kind of crazy when you think about all the athletes that have been through Oklahoma City yeah. in the past ten years. Um, but also, like, how many people looked at the result and said, "Who?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm yeah. no, like, no disrespect to Hamadou. He's awesome. He that dunk over Shaq is one of the all time greatest dunks in dunk contest history because of how high he got. He didn't push off because like everybody when they jump over somebody they push off their shoulders. Dennis Smith did it and somehow got a fifty. He pushed off on Dwayne Wade, who's like seven yeah. inches shorter than Shaq, and then somehow he got a the best score you can get. That was whack, um, yeah. but. The fact that he clears Shaq and then honey dips in the rim, uh, he was awesome. Like that dunk, I will yeah. never forget that dunk. And then he pulls apart his his jersey to reveal the Superman underneath. Like that, that's an all time dunk contest moment. I mean, yeah, easily. And so, like that's awesome. But also, the dunk contest will be quote unquote back or fixed quote unquote when they get guys that are more meaningful to the NBA community. Yeah, and to be honest, one one way to fix it is to let the guy, like to force the guy who won the season before to actually participate because Donovan Mitchell, like, that yeah. won, I, th- uh, I think, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. If, like, if you, ha- if you have like a trophy uh, that you have to pass, like, like in, uh, in boxing, that could make it more fun. Yeah. Like that, you have to challenge the one who won uh, the season before, mm-hmm. barring any injury or stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think that that would help, and just getting guys that, frankly, that matter, that are playing real minutes. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's become something that guys don't want to do because, and, and honestly, like there's no real upside for them to do it because if they if they win, awesome. We knew you were this athletic. That's so cool. If they lose, ha ha ha. We're going to make fun of you on Twitter forever. You know? Yeah. So like, I, yeah. I get it. Like there's no like real upside for these dudes. And for like Kamadu, like he's, I, I think he's going to be a good player. Someone sent us a, a Twitter question talking about how Bill Simmons said that he has, uh, he might be the worst player ever to win the dunk contest as far as like playing career like okay first of all like the dude's a rookie and he has played real minutes for the thunder who are a good team so but i I get it like i get i get the premise of what he's saying he's just trying to rile people up as per always my advice to you guys is to quit bill simmons uh today and then live a happier life moving forward that would be my advice to you if you're if you're mad about that you're doing it to yourself you chose to click. Yeah, you, you, you chose you to click on Bill Simmons, and you knew you knew the risk that you were taking. Um, yeah. But back to Hami, it, the Shaq dunk was amazing. That was his best. Uh, and then in the finals, uh, he threw that one to himself, that alley oop to himself, um, and he got so high. I mean, yeah, he, he had his nose above the rim. Yes, which is 
like completely crazy. It was a very simple dunk, but then when you watch it back in slow motion, you're like, goodness, like he just got so high. It was so crazy. Um, That was super awesome. That was super I awesome. I watched the, the dunk, uh, the cupcake dunk of Gerald Green. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Um, I did it like last week or so. Yeah. And he was barely able to to uh, to, to to put his mouth close to the rim. To, yeah. To, um, uh, I don't know how to say that. But anyway, uh, Hami was, half of his head was above the rim. Yeah. Which is really crazy. Yeah. It was insane. When you watch it, you're like, oh, well, that wasn't that cool. And after what had happened before, like, he just needed to finish a dunk. But then when you watch yeah. how high he got, super crazy. And then the fu- his yeah. final dunk that won him the dunk contest because the judges don't exactly know what they're doing. Uh, is he, I guess, uh, I am so, I am such a dad. I'm telling you guys. Like, I am oh, I don't know so dorky and such a dad. I don't know... Quavo, he's from Migos. I'm saying those words, and I'm just like, I don't know what. No, no, don't know. Say, don't know anything here. about him. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Uh, at least I'm on the other side of the ocean. So uh, right, I'm like an excuse. <laughs> you, you don't, but we'll, we'll, you have yeah, a great excuse. There. I'm just a big dorky dad. Um, but anyways, he jumps over him, grabs the ball. He played it perfectly because. I think that whenever you bring in like a celebrity, somebody that doesn't play basketball, and apparently he plays basketball. I don't know. I've never seen him play. How am I supposed to know? Uh, he just has him hold it on his head, which I think yeah. is perfect. And he grabs it and then does like this mini windmill dunk as he just completely clears him. I mean, that was that was great, too. He was awesome. Deserving winner of the dunk contest. Really, nobody was even close. Uh, mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr., he had some cool dunks. But he he took a thousand tries to get them, and yeah. Hami was the first time every time. He was great. Uh, congratulations to Hamadou Diallo, dunk contest winner, first one Thunder history. Uh, that's super cool. Uh, but now I'm ready to stop talking about All Star. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, J- Joe Harris thing, won sorry, the three point contest. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Are, like we will have probably next season the rematch. Uh, the rematch of the rematch because yeah. if Zion decides to participate, that thing that thing could be very interesting. They had like a meeting yes. in, when they were uh, in high school and stuff like that. So that thing, I I might watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Z- if Zion's in it, I think just by virtue of him being in it, the dunk contest will be quote unquote fixed. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You want to fix a dunk contest? Go get Zion. Tell Hami to come, and then get two others that are actually big names to join the dunk contest, and then everybody will be all in. Like you get, like I mean, this would be the dream lineup. And this is not; these aren't superstars, but you get Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine to come back, and you get Hami and Zion. Like, oh yeah, the preparation. First of all, like you heard, like these guys on their preparation. Like, yeah, I've been preparing for like a couple weeks. Like, oh, cool. Like, they will be preparing for a long time. And I think they need to establish who it's going to be probably a little bit earlier, too. But anyways, uh, let's talk about the biggest news. And I've we talked about this Friday, and we talked about it kind of loosely. But the Thunder have added Markeith Morris to the roster, which 
you know, buyout guys are typically not giant contributors to teams. And so like, I'm not expecting him to be like the best guy. Um, but his circumstances are a little bit different than some other buyout guys. I mean, he got traded in a salary dump to the Pelicans, uh, because he had like a around $10 million owed to him and they were able to save 4 million by trading him for, for Wesley Johnson and then they just were able to. I'm, I'm pretty sure they just waived him. I'm pretty sure the Pelicans yeah. just waived no him, yeah. um, and there was no buyout because the Pelicans he he had he had no reason to want to play for them, and they had no reason to keep him. Uh, yeah, like an Anthony Davis trade was still a possibility back then. Yeah, so they didn't want to risk to have a contributor and probably keep really didn't have any interest to play for another losing team. So, no, yeah. and you hear, I've listened to some interviews with him uh, over the weekend, and you hear him talk, like, the dude just wants to win. I mean, he just yeah. really does want to win basketball games. And he hasn't been in a great situation this season. Uh, health-wise, yeah. he hasn't been in a good situation. Uh, the way that the Wizards started the season was not a great situation, and he may have contributed to that some. I don't. I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you like I watched every Wizards game, uh, you know, Saturday morning, and you know what, it really was so and so's fault. Like I don't know. I really don't. Uh, but I do know that circumstances are a huge part of success for an NBA guy. I mean, guys, when they change situations, like they can be a lot better. You saw it with his brother. With Marcus yeah. going and playing for the Celtics, that was a huge thing for him because in Detroit, like I thought, yeah, he's like a pretty good player, and then we traded him for Avery Bradley. I was like, what? Like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, Avery Bradley's yeah, way better. Same. I thought that was a bad trade, and Marcus has he's been very, very good. He's been a top four Celtic this season for them, which is saying a oh, lot. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yes. Yes, and um, I think also if you look at uh, how Dennis Schroeder played this season compared to last year, like losing situations, especially like hard ones, like uh, the Wizards who had a star that wasn't in any um, shape to play, then he went down. Like they had all the issues possible for a losing team. And... Some, somehow, I, I don't think Keith was... Uh, I, I know that Keith has like negative net rating. I, I heard Fred discussing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to think who is going to replace here. Right. And it's not that Tupac has any positive impact on OKC this season. So, and I don't think that Keith could be worse than him. And so if you get even something something little more than what you get uh, from Tupat, then this, this um, uh, not, not trade, this acquisition for OKC is already a good one. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, this is a low bar for Keith because we have seen Keith being like more than, more than okay as a, as a, as a, as a forward in, in Washington. And he was okay in some, um, Small lineups. So I think that there is a lot of things that Billy can try with Keith, mm-hmm. and I'm almost sure he will try them all uh, because it's Billy. And so uh, this is something to monitor. And I think that it's it's a very like when you when you can get uh, a real NBA player 
for nothing in the bio market, and and Keith is a real player, then mm-hmm. then you got something. And yeah. uh, and it, and it's also very telling that uh, Keith decided to to choose OKC. Yeah, because the Rockets had playing time for him. And um, it made it makes sense for the Lakers like had playing time for him. Yeah, the, the, but if you want to win, if you want to win, and, yep, yeah, agreed. Uh, and if you want to be on a winning team for sure, then I think that the Rockets and the Thunder uh, made the best case. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nets and, were also uh, interested. Like a lot of good organizations were like, "Hey, we'll take him." You know, yeah. there's there were a lot of there were a lot of really good, smart front offices. That were in on him, which makes you feel a little bit better about the acquisition yeah. because it's just like you don't know. I like, hadn't played in a while, and yeah. you hear about the attitude stuff. I think a lot of that's overblown, probably even with both of the brothers. Uh, I just yeah. think that they're both just hyper competitive, and sometimes yeah. that comes across in the wrong way. Uh, I I think he's going to be great. Both the, both of them are known to ha- like be a little aggressive on the court. But then, like in the locker room and whatnot, both are guys that everybody loves. So, like, I'm not I'm not concerned about like his attitude affecting the locker room. I actually think he's going to be good for the locker room. And you talked about it; he's a real player. Now the Thunder have three guys off the bench that are real players. You know, yeah. in Noel, Schroeder, and Markeith. Yeah, three guys that that could create troubles according to uh, the preseason reports. Like. Yeah, like, the, like Noel. Noel's attitude was really in question. Yeah, same as Dion Waiters, same as Dennis Schroeder. Um, yeah, so I mean, Cantor. I, I, Cantor. I think I think that OKC uh, has, a, has a strong locker room. I said that already. Um, yeah, probably with you uh, last Monday or whatever. Uh, I think that the, the locker room is strong enough to to let Markeith be helpful helpful to this team and, and not harmful. Yeah. And so, yeah. And they've got two more spots to where if somebody mm-hmm. else emerges on the buyout market. I mean, you th- just think about Philly last season. Philly added Bellinelli and Ilyasova to their roster and went yeah. on this giant run. Uh, and they were huge parts of their team. And the Thunder, you know, like I like a I like this Thunder team from top to bottom. Like don't get yeah. don't get me wrong about all these guys. But like Hamadou's not ready to play in the playoffs. Nader yep. isn't either. I don't, I, and I'm not going to say Nader will never be a playoff guy. Um, but I have my doubts about that. Uh, Deontay, yeah. I love Deontay. I I really actually think he has a future with the Thunder, and yeah. in the next you know three four years could be a guy that gets a little bit of run in the playoffs. But he's he's not there yet. He hadn't had enough NBA experience to do that. Um, and then Patterson. I mean Patterson's. He's a pro. There's no question. That's a professional basketball player. He does his job, but he's not good enough. Like he's not good enough for this team to make a run in the playoffs to play big minutes. And he'd have to play. Like they would need to play him. And now you slide Markeith Morris in there. I feel a lot better about that. I feel a lot better because I know that Markeith is not going to is not a guy that's going to be invisible. He's not just going to vanish. Um, and he's a guy that can can make shots. And has he yeah. had the greatest shooting season this year? No. Uh, but when you like you compare Markeef and Patterson, like their two point field goal percentage, do you, do you know what Patterson's shooting from two this season? He's shooting forty four percent 
from two nice. this season. Uh, and nice. then Marquise fifty one point six. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Like that's yeah. like he's gonna be. He makes shots around the basket. He's got athleticism enough to get up there and dunk it. Uh, is yeah. he incredibly efficient? He's got effective field goal percentage of fifty point nine. That's not wonderful. Um, but Patterson's forty eight point four. Yeah, no, no, no. If, if, yeah. And to be honest, one thing, one way that uh, that OKC has has been utilized, uh, Patrick Patterson, is to post him up here and there, uh, which is insane. Which is insane, <laughs> but which is needed because when you have two uh, guys that can attack from the dribble and create switches, then if you actually have a switch, you need to be able to use it. Yeah, and. Sometimes uh, Dennis Schroeder is switched uh, on a big guy that is not that slow, mm-hmm. but he is. But he is switched on like the but the big man is switched on a DJ Augustine guy, and you really need to post him up. And Keith, trust me, Keith will be able to do that. Yeah. So uh, if we if we can get like thirty four, thirty five percent from three, um, he will not be guarded too much. I know, but if you, if we get that percentage from three. So a tad above what is actually shooting um, this season, I think that Keith could be very, very helpful with the second unit. I think so too. I, I think his overall competitiveness as well mm-hmm. uh, is something that I think I, I know that Schroeder definitely brings that. I think Noel brings it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he brings it every night. Uh, and Patterson certainly doesn't have like a competitive edge to him. Uh, he's also, Markeith is also uh, taller and he's like got 15 pounds on Patterson, which I think matters too. Uh, yeah, because guys aren't going to be able to just like abuse, uh, Markeith, maybe some of the bigger centers, obviously there's going to be guys that can, um, but on a night to night basis when he's playing against backups, like those backups are not going to be able to abuse him like on the boards or in the post, which I think really matters. Uh, and you know, Patterson, like he's honestly, he's a good depth piece at this point. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a fifth or sixth big on most good teams. I mean, I just think that that's just a reality. Like if you have a good front court, Patterson is a depth piece within that. He's not a key cog within that. And that's okay. Guys like the thunder. You look at a lot of these teams, look at some of those Eastern conference teams, you look at the Thunder, like the Thunder, the guys that aren't playing, it's like, oh, like I understand. You know, Hamadou Diallo's not playing, he's a rookie. Uh, same with um, Deontay Burton, like he's a rookie, didn't play a ton. Uh, you know, Raymond Felton isn't playing, like he's a depth piece. He's, he came in and played two good games when the Thunder needed him. Yeah. Um, but they have another one now. Like they have another depth piece where if somebody gets hurt, or if something's going wrong and you just need to try somebody, let's just let's see if Patrick's hot. Like it's just nice to have depth that actually matters <laughs> on yeah. on the end of your bench. Uh, whereas the Thunder haven't had that. Like it's been mostly guys that aren't NBA players, or they're too young to play, or things of that nature. I mean, last season they had six guys that aren't. I mentioned this on Friday. Six guys that aren't in the NBA right now were on this yeah, that's, roster. Six. That's weird. Yeah. And when you look at the bench come playoff time last season, like did the Thunder have one guy that was reliable off the bench? I mean, I think yeah, I, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy and then 
I thought Abrinas was yeah, and Abrinas. in the playoffs. Yeah. But there's still like question marks. It was Jeremy. That's it. Now I feel like they have... You slide Jeremy into the starting lineup. The starting lineup is solid. I don't think you want to mess with that a, a ton. And we can talk about kind of the minutes that we think that Markeith will get. I don't think you want to mess with that. Like, that's a great lineup. And a lineup they yeah. need to be closing with. A lineup they need to be using a lot. And I think there will be yeah. circumstances in which you will want to use Markeith. Um, with some of those guys, maybe you use him in place of uh, Steven. If there's like yeah. a, a matchup. Because then you can play you know, four out with Russell yeah. and then have Jeremy setting a screen for him. I mean, if you, you do that, I mean, you've got, that's a, that's a powerful lineup because, you know, Marquise Morris hasn't been great from three this season, but the past the two seasons prior, he was 36% from three. Like he's at least a threat. And to add another threat from three is something the Thunder just need. Like how many times do we just say the Thunder needs shooting? They need shooting. They need shooting. Great. They added a guy that can shoot it. And he's going to be, if he plays with Russell, he's going to be more wide open than he's ever been, probably. I mean, he's going to he's gonna get a chance to make some shots, and we'll see if he's able to do that. But overall, it's a great, it's a great, great addition for the Thunder, just to add another guy that's of NBA rotation caliber. And I'm not saying, like, he's, like, he's not even, this is a fringe all-star that they're adding. No, like, he's a, he's a role player. But he's a guy who I can you can definitively say this is a role player that would play for probably any team that he's on, and so that's yeah. a, that's a big deal. Uh, what do you think as far as minutes go? Like, what's your expectation there? Um, I think that uh, he's going to take all Nader minutes and all Patterson minutes probably. Yeah. So I think the baseline that we are looking at is fifteen. Um, between 15 and 18 probably yeah. uh, maybe some nights he will play uh, if Noel doesn't have it that night then probably you you use like 2-3 minutes of him and, and, and Grant together or him and Adams I don't know um, I would not expect him to go above 20 uh, more often than like on a, on a steady basis but um, it can happen if his production increases because mm-hmm. Grant is a starter and Grant earn his minutes but if you can play Grant 26 like 26 great minutes of Jeremy Grant and uh, another 24 minutes of great production from Keith you do it like uh, there's no like a, a guy like Jeremy Grant is okay playing 25 26 it doesn't matter to him yeah, I think he has a contract. He's shooting lights out um, from his stand from, um, from his standards. So I don't think that having him a tad below thirty is harmful for KC, especially because he's an energy guy. And if you reduce a bit his minutes uh, and and get the same production, then you have to do it. I think you got to play Jeremy thirty minutes a game. <laughs> I just I well, think it, it I think on Keith. like I, well, and here's here's how you get get there though. Is that you play Jeremy as a backup three? Yeah, yeah. That that solution uh, can make sense against a few teams. Like if you need to guard Jay Crowder, yeah, with Jeremy Grant, you do it. Mm-hmm. There's there's no real issue. Um, it depends. It depends a lot on how good Keith is on switches. 
Because, yeah. yeah, you may want to play Jeremy at the three, but you need to have a guy that can switch at the four. So that, that to me, is, is still unclear. It's not Jeremy um, that, that can play the three, but it's more how reliable is Markeith on uh, defense when sure. when he's in, um, in a screen and roll situation. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that I need to see. It's a big question mark. It's It's probably the biggest when it comes to Morris, I think. Yeah. Because I think that Akif is gonna he's gonna make shots. Like the dude is gonna get buckets. That's gonna happen. He's gonna bring a competitive edge. But as far as like as a, as an athlete, where is he? And I don't know. The, I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm very interested to see. And what what has kind of been good about the injury that he had is that he's been able to stay in shape. And he's even yeah. said that he's doing everything he can to stay in in peak shape and i'm sure he's gonna bring some energy against utah like there's no question like when guys join new teams like this they're gonna bring he's gonna bring a lot i feel like and he may even bring over the course of like the next five games to the thunder maybe more than what we expect i think we saw that with Corey brewer yeah frankly when he came to the thunder uh, from a losing situation, from a situation where he wasn't playing a lot, came to the Thunder. Wow! Like we could look look at this locker room, look around here. Uh, not only like yeah. is this organization top notch, but like, I'm playing with Russell Westbrook, and I'm playing with Paul George, I'm playing with Melo, I'm playing with Stephen Adams. This is great. Like we have a chance to really do something, and I think that that excitement is going to. I think that's going to emanate from Markeith. I think when he comes to join the Wizards, that's a that's not a great organization. I think when he oh, comes no. to the Thunder and he's brought in, he's treated first class, and they they have all the amenities for these guys. Their practice facility is unbelievable. Uh, their locker room is great. The people they they just get everything they want, and yeah. that's why like most guys are super happy in OKC is because the organization just treats them with such respect and like gives them so much. Uh, that it's just it's a great thing for any guy that com- coming into this team, and I think Markeith is gonna he's gonna bring an energy. Uh, one, he hasn't played in a while, and so I think he's gonna be excited to play. Uh, but then, who he gets to play with, I think it's I think it matters a lot. Um, and so I'm excited. I think that he he's a guy that can play both big spots. Uh, some people have suggested that he could maybe play some three. Like I I don't I don't think so. Like I don't think that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus, I know they're twins, <laughs> but he's he's like ten to fifteen pounds heavier than Marcus, and he's two inches taller. Uh, so yeah. he's he's not. They're not the same guy. And I, and I yeah. found this out. They do not have the exact same tattoos. They have some of the same tattoos that they got when they were eighteen, but they have deviated from each other since then because they they realized it was kind of stupid to just have the same tattoos. So. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Some extra fun facts about Markeith and Marcus Morris. Um, that they do not, in fact, have all the same tattoos, uh, which is a little bit disappointing to me when I heard that. Um, but anyways, I think he's he's a great addition to this team, and I'm excited to, to watch them. And uh, I think we can talk a little bit about the Thunder schedule now. Um, yeah. The upcoming schedule is, is pretty intense. Uh, I think let's let's look at the standings first, and then we can maybe look at the Thunder's overall stats. 
um, here at the All-Star break because we've got some standstill stats where you can kind of look at the entire survey of the league and like kind of see where everything is heading, uh, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of a nice thing about the All-Star break. Uh, the Thunder's offense has really picked up and they currently sit at 13th in offensive rating. They're actually tied for 12th with the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, at a 110.4. Uh, they could be, I, I expect them to be top 10, a top 10 offense. Uh, they're still, they're still battling the first 20 games of offense from themselves, uh, to get up there. Uh, but I expect them to maintain a certain level of offensive efficiency. Uh, and I think that they're going to, they'll wind up top 10 in both, uh, defensive rating. They are third. Uh, behind Milwaukee, who's first, and it's just funny. Like one hundred three point five in most past years would would have been like fringe top ten, but that's the best defense yeah. this season. Yeah. Uh, Indiana is still holding on to the second spot, which is kind of mind blowing. Uh, just kind of looking at where their season was heading after Oladipo went out. Uh, they're like a pretty good team. They're thirty eight and twenty still. Like that's that's a solid team. One hundred four point one. Uh, Oklahoma City's at a 105.2 with the Jazz kind of breathing down their neck at a 105.4. Uh, and the Thunder are sixth in net rating currently, uh, just behind Toronto, Indiana, Boston, Golden State, and of course, Milwaukee, who's at a 9.6. So uh, it's a solid Thunder team. They're, yeah. they're, they're yeah, going to have a chance, and, you're, and they're adding a piece to them and you know everybody's and we'll talk about this now like everybody's worried about the schedule uh honestly last week the game i was most worried about and that became correct was the pelicans game yeah yeah me too same here i mean i i kind of thought that without two players maybe that would help their focus because they knew that they were without like if if you if they switch the games like before uh like the, the first game is new orleans and the second one is portland i yeah. think that they go 2-0 yeah because they don't know what what the team is without uh dennis and and uh, and jeremy and so th- they they may go at it better and and they always um dress up for portland so mm-hmm. but the other since it was the other way around they knew that they could beat portland uh, without Jeremy and Dennis, and so they they really didn't bring it with, with New Orleans. Yeah. And to be and to be fair, like I was watching half knowing because after the first quarter, uh, I, I I almost knew that that, that was a loss, yeah. um, and so I I watched the entire game with the impression that that um, it was all for KC, and so a lot of shots of of New Orleans went in. Oh, without yeah. any any real reason yeah. because like contested trees holiday took two or three trees against uh, ferguson they were highly contested mm-hmm. perfectly contested to be to be fair and and on the other end two path four wide open trees mm-hmm. ferguson probably one was half contested the other one's wide open george had two or three that were contested maybe another two semi-open and all the others were wide open yeah so if you tell me like the uh, the next day, um, PG took like fourteen wide open shots, and I I would have said like, okay, okay, see one, buy at home. 
And so that that happens. It's yeah. hard to to win when you sh- when your best player shoots that way, even if Russ has the best game of this year. <laughs> Russ was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was incredible. Uh, the Thunder sit at third in the Western Conference, and what was disappointing is that they could have brought themselves closer to the two seed. They sit two full games back of the Denver Nuggets now, yeah. uh, who also have a really tough upcoming schedule as well. But it would be it would have been nice to get that win to kind of propel them a little bit because they do have the schedule uh that's upcoming for the thunder is pretty tough uh mckelly do you need to go yeah in two minutes but okay okay um let's go through just the next schedule for them so they play the jazz uh on friday which is which is going to be that's an interesting game obviously that game has a lot of layers to it they've already beaten the jazz this season twice uh yeah and the thunder get to debut markeith morris it's going to be i'm just super super interested to see how they play at home against this utah team because that's it's kind of one of their demons honestly for russell and for paul Mm -hmm. and for steven that's a team that they've struggled to battle with yeah and um I wonder how because like now Utah is playing defense as yeah. they are supposed to, mm-hmm. um, and the defensive rating that you just mentioned actually proves it. And I wonder how many pick and rolls with PG as a ball handler we are going to see. Yeah, because like in the playoffs, that was a key thing that OKC did, like to to put PG running pick and rolls. Uh, more often mm-hmm. and i feel like this season pg is way more comfortable doing that yeah and and if you don't go, go come out like high enough to contest pg he's going to shoot it and um i'm curious to see how utah defends it yeah. because for sure okay see he is going to hunt those matchups mm-hmm. and and then russ russ's game will be very important because he's off of a very good game against New Orleans that has no rim protection whatsoever. Yep. And if he expects to get the same shots against Utah, that is not going to happen. And so no. I wonder how they adjust. And and also, like, if Ferguson and, and Grant hit their shots, I think that OKC has, has more talent than Utah this season. No question about that. And in, just Utah can't defend them the same way they did in the playoffs last year. And their offense can't. I'm interested to see, just watch them Utah play against them on offense. Now that Utah's kind of clicking, uh, because they would they just used Mello as just their way to get to the basket every time. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's, that's not, not there, there anymore. anymore. Yeah. And so it's it's a, it's it's very interesting to me. I'm excited to go and watch that. Uh, Michaela, do you need to go now? Yes. Okay. Uh, I need to go. I'm sorry. If no, had, had all good. Sure. I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep going for a little bit and I've got Twitter questions from people that I'm going to answer. Um, but thanks for coming on. Everybody follow McKellie on Twitter at Mikey Barra, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. We'll keep looking at the schedule. I'll answer some of your Twitter questions and then we will uh, sign off. So, they play Utah Friday. We discussed that a little bit. Saturday, they get the Sacramento Kings coming into town. And this is not the Sacramento Kings of the last decade. Like this is, this is a solid Sacramento Kings team that is fired up and ready to play ball 
And so on the second night of a back-to-back, it's a home back-to-back, which is nice. If you, you, you don't want back-to-backs, but if you can have one, a home back-to-back is what you want. Uh, and this team has actually played well on the second night of a back-to-back, so I expect them to play well against the Kings. Uh, and it's a little bit of redemption for the Thunder because they lost to the Kings in the third game of the season uh, in which they put up 131 points. And now kind of getting away from that a little bit, uh, it doesn't look quite as bad. Uh, but the Thunder have lost twice to the Kings already this season. Uh, they did win in their last uh, meeting with them, 132 to 113. Uh, but getting them is big. And then I think this, these next two are huge. They play Denver Tuesday, February 26th. And McKelly and I will talk before this. But just circle that one on your calendar. Because if the Thunder want to get the two seed, they need to go into Denver and win. That's a huge, huge game for this Thunder team. So, uh, big, big time games coming up. Utah's big. Utah, Sacramento, Denver, and then they play Philly on Thursday of next week, February 28th, which is my little brother's birthday. Shout out to Ethan. That's a big, these are all huge games. And are the Thunder going to win all of them? Do not expect them to win all these games. But if they can go 500, I think that that's good. I mean, if the Thunder go 500 the rest of the way, they get to 50 wins, which is kind of crazy because the Thunder haven't been there since uh, some some guy uh, was on this team. Uh, so, yeah, this the schedule does get tougher. After those four games, they do get San Antonio, Memphis, Minnesota, Portland. And so those are those are all winnable games for this team. They need to win the winnable games. They get the Clippers again. They need to win beat the Clippers. I'm kind of looking through like games that are super winnable for them. There's a lot of coin flip games. Like they play Toronto twice, uh, upcoming, which that's, that's going to be tough. Um, but like play Indiana, you need to go beat Indiana. They play Miami again at home. You got to beat Miami at home. They play Indiana at home. They need to beat that team. All are competitive. All these teams are competitive teams, which is good. Um, but the thunder need to win any of these quote unquote, gimme games. I play Dallas again. God, they got to beat Dallas. Dallas has been tough for them. But they got to beat Dallas. Uh, and then to finish the season, they have four, the four game stretch is super interesting. It starts to easy and then it gets super tough. They play Detroit, Minnesota, which they got to go get those games. And then they finish with Houston, which that could be a pivotal seeding game. Uh, that's on TNT. And then their last game of the season against Milwaukee. Um, and Milwaukee could be sitting guys. So it'll be, it's, it's hard to know how interesting those games against some of the top tier teams, uh, are going to be. Um, okay. I'm going to give you guys a little bit more time. I got some time this morning to answer some Twitter questions. Uh, and, uh, here we go. This first one is from at Kyle Platt. Interested in how Markeith helps. Isn't the, bench problem that their defense is awful uh that is a huge problem for the bench certainly yes uh and i don't know that how much markeith helps that he might help a little bit i know the numbers don't look good but the numbers don't always say everything i know people love to just go grab numbers and throw them out and say this guy sucks or this guy's great uh it doesn't always it doesn't give you the whole picture it just doesn't and i'm a numbers guy i love NBA stats and I dig into them myself and I probably read into them too much, uh, even this season. Uh, but I honestly just don't, 
I don't know the answer to that, how much he will help or hurt this team on the defensive end. Uh, but he is an upgrade on the offensive end. They're going to be able to score the basketball a little bit easier. He's going to attract more attention, certainly, than a, than a guy like Patrick Patterson does. So uh, I think that he'll be helpful. Uh, this is from at 405 fan. Said Sham said OKC offered Morris a significant front court role. My guess is that he gets Morris's 15 minutes. Grant slides a small forward and takes Nader's 10 minutes when PG sits, giving PG 25 minutes per game. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Uh, I agree with that mostly. I don't, 25 is a, is a lot, uh, and that sounds significant. So maybe that is the case that he plays, you know, 20, 25 minutes. I think that that's probably where he'll, where he'll land, uh, just given his talent. Uh, so the second unit, Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, or Paul George, Jeremy Grant, uh, Markeith Morrison, or Zoel, all legit NBA players would be an upgrade in his opinion. Uh, not a question, but yes, I think we discussed a lot of that. Uh, and I agree with most of that. Uh, this is from at Mo Mo Malady. How much do you think Russ and PG hang out off the court? Considering Noah's reaction at All-Star Weekend, I would guess a lot. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. If you haven't seen this, it's on Eric Horn's uh, Twitter page. You can hear uh, Noah, who is Russell Westbrook's son, holler for <laughs> for uh, Paul George. And then Russ calls him like Pico or something. I don't know. Uh, I think they hang out a lot. I'll say that. I think that they're legitimate friends. They really love each other. And uh, I think that it probably happens more than people even would think. So, and plus, like they're on, like they're on the road together, and they're on the plane together, they're going into these cities together. Like they're they're hanging out all the time, just all the time. Uh, this is from at Stephen Adams Son One. Which happens first, Adams averaging twenty ten season or Adams starts shooting threes? That's a tough question which is probably why you asked it <laughs> because uh, it's, I don't know if Adams will ever get to 20 and 10. Uh, I don't know if, and it will say a lot about the talent, talent depth within the thunder um, to when he gets to 20 and 10 and maybe like, he's obviously a lot younger, you know, he's 25 years old uh, than Russell and Paul George. And so there may be a time where he's, the first or second best player on the thunder, you know, in, in a rebuilding type of situation, like that's possible. You could average 20 and 10 then. Uh, but when you're talking about a good competitive team, uh, he's just, he's not going to get the shots. It's, and I think it's unfortunate. I think he's, he's obviously one of the most efficient players on the team. Uh, you know, he struggled lately, but on average, he's one of the most efficient guys on the team. Uh, and he deserves more than, 10.3 shot attempts per game, which is what he gets right now. Uh, but to see him getting 20 and 10, I just don't know. And so I guess I'm going to say threes, but I don't know how much I believe that either. Uh, it's a tough question. Uh, but I guess probably the, the, the best answer is 20 and 10 after the Thunder are done with their big run over the next, you know, three, four, five years, whatever it is. Uh, then Steven becomes more of a focal point. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I don't know. It's a tough question. And the, the answer could be that neither happens. I mean, that could be that could be the, the answer. Um, but I guess if we're talking about in this run, I would say threes, which I don't feel good about. Uh, 
but if we're talking about it in the long run for his entire career, I think 2010 is, is a possibility as yeah, he's 28, 29 years old. Like, yeah, like maybe if the team isn't great then and they need him to score, then he could become that kind of guy. Uh, this is from at GV underscore Nas, Nasamento. I'm so sorry. I just, I feel so bad. Um, okay. Come playoff time. Do you guys trust Grant to slide to the three for a couple of minutes? If we can't grab another wing on the buyout market, or he is essentially a four or five now and should keep playing like that. Uh, he can certainly steal minutes there. I don't think there's a question about that. I mean, he's, he's guarded wings this season when the thunder need him to. And so I do think that that is a possibility. I think that the thunder, um, will want to give him minutes there, especially if they can't go get another wing or if Robertson doesn't come back, which both are a sincere possibility. So uh, I would, I would guess that he would take minutes there because I, I just think you need to play Jeremy Grant 30 plus minutes. I said that with McKelly a few minutes ago. He's got to play and he's got to play a lot. That needs to happen. Uh, this is from at Evan ETM. What's worse, the dunk contest judges or watching Harden? <laughs> I think it's definitely the dunk contest judges. They're terrible. They're terrible. And I don't think there's any way to fix it. I just, there's no like true criteria for how you judge the dunk contest. It's just like, what do you feel? I feel eight. I feel 10. I liked that 10. So uh, it's just, it's a, it's a weird system. Um, but I don't, I don't think you need to fix it. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, but Harden, Harden at times can be miserable to watch. That's true. Actually, I'm changing my answer. It's Harden. That's the, I just was envisioning watching that team and I'm just like, Oh, what's, what's super duper interesting from the all-star break is that Steph Curry was caught talking to Mike Budenholzer about James Harden on camera saying that he, that James Harden doesn't really want to play this way which is like, huh? Like I didn't, I would have not even have thought that, uh, but he wants to play more of like a Warriors style basketball, which is okay. First of all, like Warriors fans, stop your photoshopping right now. Uh, second of all, it's, it's just interesting because like they've got guys on their team. They've got some guys there. They don't have to play like that, uh, but they, they do. And it's probably under Mike D'Antoni's, uh, leadership that they are playing that way. Uh, this is from at Thunders Billy with Ferg and Hami. Does Dre become expendable this offseason? Oh, expendable. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about under Robertson, who we don't we don't know what his health situation is going to be like moving forward. We don't know the kind of player he's going to be. And so is he expendable? I don't know if he's expendable because I think that you if you could add him to this roster today, you definitely would. Even next season, you definitely would. Uh, because you're talking about, like, how many 20-year-old players, 21-year-old players are you wanting to play come playoff time? I think you definitely can play Terrence Ferguson. I just don't know that you can play a bunch of 20-year-old guys, even two of them, and be a great playoff team. And maybe that's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Hami develops to a level that I'm not expecting. Um, but I think it's going to take him some time and that's okay. If you have Dre in the fold, like you have time to do it. You have time to develop him. Would it be nice if he could develop over the summer and be an awesome player like Terrence is now? Yes, that would be great because playing a player on that kind of contract, 
uh, that has that level of athleticism, that would be wonderful. Um, but I still expect Dre to be a part of this team and he could contribute a lot coming off the bench and, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Like he could, he could really, really help this team right now. And I'm still holding out hope that if he comes back and he's, that's four guys off the bench. That's a nine man rotation of, I trust all of them to be on the court in an NBA game. And what's great is that now you don't have to worry about the hack of Dre because you just pull him and you put somebody else in. You put Jeremy in or you put Ferguson in for him and you just you don't have to worry about that anymore. And when he is out there, like he can be locking down guys on the second unit. Uh, I think that it would be a huge, huge addition to add him to the team this year or next season. Um, I don't think it's expendable. He does have an expiring contract. He is a guy that could be potentially traded He's a guy that could potentially just be expiring and then they are able to you know, have that $10 million come off the books after next season. You know, kind of help out with the luxury tax. And then if Hami is able to come in and play, great. You have him for that one more season under that really cheap deal. And if he can contribute for you, that's that's a wonderful thing. Uh, but expendable, I'm just not there yet. I think the Thunder are not that deep. They don't have that many guys right now where he's expendable. I see where you're coming from, but I'm I'm not there yet. Uh, this is from at G Key 42. Who's the backup two three in the playoffs? The front court rotation is solid now. Adams, Grant, Noel, Morris, but there's only really Russ, uh, PG, T Ferg, and Schroeder who we can trust. Um, is that enough? I don't think it's quite enough. I think they need five to 10 minutes from somebody else. And that's where it'd be really nice to have Dre this season where maybe he can only play in small spurts um, due to his conditioning or injury. Wonderful. That would be great. Uh, But it would be nice to go get somebody else. It'd be nice to have one more guy there. Uh, I would play Deontay. I I like the way that he plays. I like the edge that he plays with. Uh, obviously if you've listened to my show at all, like, you know, <laughs> that I love Deontay. And so I wouldn't be afraid to give Deontay those minutes, but maybe the organization is, and I completely understand that. Uh, if you're hearing that sound, it's my son who's been digging through Legos, um, this morning here at my house. Um, but anyways, I think, I think that they would like to have one more guy and they do have two roster spots. I think one will go to Deontay and if they can find one more guy in the buyout market, I think that that would be great. I think that that would help solidify the rotation. Not a guy that's going to come in and take a huge role because they don't have that. Like you mentioned Russ, Paul George, Terrence Ferguson, Schroeder. Those guys all have huge roles on this team. We don't need another guy that needs a giant role. They need somebody that's going to come in and play five to 10 minutes a game to give a breather to Paul George. I think that that's still something that's that we're going to need uh, from that same Twitter account at G key 42 is the PG slump going to hit and when I don't know. <laughs> I sure hope not. I don't think this team can really handle a Paul George slump. Uh, so I and he hasn't had it so far this season. He was great in the all-star game last night. I, I don't know. I just think that this is the Paul George that we're going to get. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, from at OK, it's either OK Kramer 350 or OKC Raymer. I don't know which. I think it is Kramer. OK Kramer. 
who is not going to be on the team next year? Uh, this is a tough question. Uh, we can go through the roster a little bit. Guys that are under, they have a ton of guys that are under contract. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, Dennis Schroeder, Terrence Ferguson, Patrick Patterson will surely pick up his option and will be on this team. Uh, then we get to Nerlens. Will Nerlens be on this team? I would predict no. Nerlens will not be on this team. Uh, get to Ray Felton. Ray Felton is expiring. If he wants to come back on the minimum deal, I think the Thunder will probably take him. If you read Brett Dawson's piece about how he's functioned on the bench for the Thunder, uh, I think he's been helpful. And then he can come in and get some good minutes at, from time to time like he did uh, the last two games before the break. Uh, he's a maybe. Uh, Abdul Nader is a question mark. Uh, I don't think Deontay is a question mark. I think that they'd like to have him. Uh, the Markeith, I would predict that he won't be on the team either. So not a lot of turnover. And then the free agent class is, is interesting. Uh, I haven't gone through it, but the Thunder are going to have uh, minimal flexibility, obviously, to add somebody. Uh, but if they can add another guy on a minimum deal, like they did with Nerlens, and say, hey, listen, did you see what Nerlens just got? Why don't you come to the Thunder? And we can kind of remake your career a little bit. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Sorry, I just I can't get to everybody's uh, questions today. Uh, this is from at Ben Elephant King. You can pick one. One, Paul George wins the MVP. Two, Russell Westbrook starts shooting his career averages and this team faces the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Three, the Warriors, Warriors upset in the second round. Is that a Warriors upset by the Thunder in the second round? If that's the case, give me that. That's what I want. I mean, how glorious would that be if the Thunder upset the Warriors in the playoffs? That would be the ultimate. If it's not, if it's not the Thunder, eh, I don't know. I'd probably just pick two to get to the Western Conference Finals, mostly for selfish reasons, mostly because that means a lot of free candy for me. Uh, because if you don't know this, and some of you may have not been listening last playoffs, but in the media section up in Cloud City, which is if you've been to a game up above the third level, there's a section of media that's way, way up high. That's where I sit. They have this table full of candy. And there is a one guy, his job is to refill the candy. And it's just candy all over the place. Any kind of candy you want, any kind that you can imagine is on this table. And they just keep refilling the candy. And so I'd like to have a lot of candy. And the Thunder going to the Western Conference Finals means lots of candy. Uh, that's all I've got for you today. Hope you guys have a wonderful Monday. Uh, a great Tuesday, if you're listening to it on Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday with Alex Spears to talk more Thunder stuff. Super thankful that you guys are listening. If you have a chance, please leave a five-star iTunes review. Uh, for us. It means a lot. If you have an iPhone, it's so easy. Like it's insanely easy. You click on the purple podcast app, you search down to dunk, you give us a five-star review. It's very helpful. Uh, have a great day. And we'll talk to you guys again Wednesday.